Welcome to B Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And today, have we got a humdinger of a dark episode for you? God. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing uh, The Dark and the Wicked, Shudder's uh, couple month old film. And uh, a much older title than that Hell House by Richard Matheson. But before we get into that, what's up with you, Brian? Uh, not not too much. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. And we had, you know, some, some personal things come up, some work yeah. things come up. Yeah, my work is insane. Somehow, though, since the last episode, um, I have I read... I was fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, I read, uh, well, not somehow, the last episode was forever ago. I've read a few books, but I... <laughs> couple of them are escaping me. I'm in the middle of two right now. I'm reading the new Robert Dean book. It's not yet published or released, so I'm not really beta reading it. I'm just kind of checking it out uh, super early. But uh, I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about it, to be completely honest. (laughs) But uh, it's really, really good. It's uh, essays, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was really good. Um, and I read. I'm reading the Night Stalkers by uh, uh, who Ryan Harding and Christopher Triana. And I just finished Blister by Jeff Strand. You know, I, I try to cram an extra Jeff Strand book in, yeah. in between every episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what else? Then we read this, and yeah, it's been a been a hell of a hell of a few weeks in terms of reading but yeah like personal life has been nuts work-wise lately i've just been mm-hmm. busy as shit i wouldn't have finished that jeff Sardam book had it not been an audio book mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway but uh but yeah you see anything good on tv or movies or anything lately um Let's see. I'm like one episode behind, but I've been watching that Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's cool. I guess. Like, <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's it's neat because it's like they've got a new Captain America and he's like, I don't know, borderline fascist psychopath. Mm. So that's fun. Um He's the one that everyone was making fun of because he didn't look at all like Captain America. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, Wyatt Russell, I think is his name. Um, and I'm pretty sure he is uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's kid. Yeah. Oh, really? And it's just like, I had no idea. And my wife was like, you know, Wyatt Russell. It's like, you know, who's he doesn't look anything like his parents. And I'm like, who are his parents? And she's like, Really, Russell? And I'm like, Carrie Russell? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of like the For dude from the boys. The main character on the boys is like, uh, who is it? Dennis Quaid's son? Yeah. And Goldie Hawn's son? Yeah. Well, wait. Goldie Hawn? Does that mean he and Wyatt Russell are. Oh, uh, shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, who? Meg Ryan. Um, Meg no, Ryan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, he's also one of the Russell boys. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it would be Goldie Hawn in this situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
That's like uh, Tom Hanks has a kid who's like a rapper. Yeah, Chet. Yeah. Chet Hayes, H-A-Z-E. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm not a fan, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that guy's bizarre. I saw... Well, I won't even get into that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm kind of interested to see where this is going. Where? No. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, did you watch King Kong versus Godzilla? Uh, yes. Like, I fell asleep watching it. It was day number it one. Was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It didn't. It didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> oh no the the plot was like like borderline incoherent. Yeah. I didn't but know I if it was it. just me, like, <laughs> like we had uh, drank a couple beers outside, and and then like that night, I wasn't drunk or anything, but like had stayed out in the sun all day and had a couple beers, and so anyway, <laughs> and so anyway, that night I was like, oh, man, I just too out of it to pay attention no. to the plotters this just not making no, it sense. was it was just bonkers yeah i didn't finish it but what i saw i, I liked it just didn't it didn't really make a lot I, I still think i still think king of monsters is better but i don't know there was a lot about this that i did like i liked uh kong's old man beard so <laughs> i'm gonna let you know i haven't watched a king kong movie since the 78 version. I haven't watched any of them that came out since then. And, wait, um, wait, like, like this, the, the 78, like, like, who was that? Faye Dunaway? Kong or, no, yeah, no. Or Kong Returns. Yeah, or King Kong Returns. Yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, that was the last <laughs> one I've seen. So I just skipped the Peter Jackson, skipped all the ones up. To, wasn't there two before this? Skull Island. Peter Jackson's is basically just. One the off. 30s one. Yeah. But I, I mean, it, yeah, it has nothing to do with this. But I mean, it's basically like a shot for shot remake of the 30s one. Yeah. I try to skip um, all of Peter Jackson's non horror stuff. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You haven't seen Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I haven't. Uh, I hadn't watched that. And the only Godzilla one I've watched other than this was like. The one me and you watched in the theater, the yeah, Brian Cranston 2014 one. one. Yeah, now that is part of this canon, right? Correct. Okay. It's this one, King of Monsters, uh, Kong Skull Island, and uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Huh. So, uh, but Kong Skull Island is technically a prequel, because it takes place in the 70s. Hmm. Okay. And so it's like, a, basically it's a... V- Vietnam helicopter squadron is helping some scientists go to Con- uh, Skull Island. And it's great. And somehow, like, an all-star cast. Like, well, not that means- Samuel Jackson's in it. Uh, John Goodman. Tom Middleson. Or Hiddleston? Middleson? The guy who played Loki. Um, uh, Brie Larson... Um, King Kong, King Kong's in it. Uh, Tom C. Riley. There's like John a C. bunch Riley, of people Brian. in that. John C. Riley. Um, I don't know why it's a tough. It's early. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's movie. Well, I'll I, I'm 
probably will check it out. I just have a hard time making long movies work for me. I don't think Kong Skull Island's that long. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so I hadn't seen that. I, I did watch Bad Trip. Enjoyed Bad Trip. Thought it was fun. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good movie, but it's funny as shit. It's got some funny parts, and I would recommend it to anyone wanting to have a laugh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, when shit's just silly, but funny, you're, you're like, eh, is that good? And I Probably not, but... Yeah. But it I mean, was... There, there's a lot of comedies that are that are really funny movies, but probably not actually good yeah, I would say that there's uh, same applies for horror movies where there's a lot that are like, oh, okay, it'll get your horror fix in, but not really a good movie. It's not technically a good movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, watch that. And other than that, really, uh, in this like month and a half break that we did, I somehow didn't watch anything. <laughs> I just I just sat there staring at the wall. Yeah, waiting for the podcast to come back. Already watched my movie. <laughs> when are we <laughs> returning? Yeah, like it's been like a month and a half since I watched the movie, but now I'll have a a better frame of like reference for how I actually feel about it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> we should take month breaks in between all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that works. That works for me. Um, uh, how about that new Mortal Kombat? Can't wait. I haven't watched it yet. Well, it's not wait, out until Friday. I th- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's out in theaters, maybe right now, and th- then HBO Friday. I-, I don't know, but I was so excited this week. Like, I got home on Friday, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna watch Mortal Kombat." And then I looked, and it's like April 24th like, or April whatever next week, and I was like, "Ah, shit." But yeah, I am. I am super excited about that. And I don't know why. It's not like <laughs> I hadn't really kept up with the games. Like, there's a high likelihood if they use any of the characters past part three, I'm gonna be like, who? <laughs> Who's this reptile? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Noob Cybot, I've seen everything. <laughs> uh, Dude, there's like so much lore. I know. In- and you know, Noob Saibot is actually the original Sub Zero. Oh, really? Yeah. And then they decided, like, like now nah, we'll just make them the exact same thing as uh, as Scorpion, but with ice powers. Wait, what? I said then. No. Noob- <coughs> what? <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, I said then they decided like to change the design to like the exact same thing as. Yeah. There, there's like branching timelines <coughs> and stuff. Excuse me. Whew. Like some, some of the games take place in like the original timeline, and some take place in this other one. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's like super complicated. Yeah, they paranormal activity about punching people. Yeah, they paranormal <laughs> activity us. Where the first one, it was just like, oh, okay, it's super complex, and then like. By part five, it's like, oh, there's time loops and witches. <laughs> and the neat part about this one is you get to see the ghost, which was the, the scary part about all the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Man. Good time. Uh, speaking of which, 
I still maintain that Paranormal Activity, the marked ones, is a fantastic superhero movie. <laughs> and, and it's on Tubi right now. So check, Tubi? Yeah, check that out. That'll cost you nothing. You ever watch anything on Tubi? Yeah. I yeah. always forget it's there, though. Oh, yeah. That's by design. That <laughs> that and, like, Pluto TV or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that dude, well, where else do you watch Cheddar News? <laughs> uh, oh, so, God. anyway, yeah, you've seen that, that news channel, Cheddar? It comes on on, no. on... Oh, it's on Pluto. It's a channel, and it also comes on at the gas pumps by me. <laughs> oh, God, that thing? Yeah, and it's like... <laughs> so Wait, so from, you can watch that at home? No, 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 no. Like, it's a legitimate news at home. Like, it's a news <laughs> network. But it's the same people being like, you ever want to make your own soap? You know, at the <laughs> gas pumps. It's like, well, here's how you make your soap. You buy a bar of soap and you melt it. And you got <laughs> soap. <laughs> I don't know. I never paid attention. Um, yeah, obviously. But every time they're teaching how to make watermelon soap by my gas stations. So. That's a, maybe it's like... Um like focused on demographics maybe i <laughs> like like is it is it targeted like or is watermelon soap big in your area i, I don't know or artisanal soaps no I, what they're doing is they're like fourth of july is coming up on us and what's more fourth of july ish than watermelons <laughs> and don't you want your your uh I mean, I would say if you ascribe watermelon to any holiday, it is Fourth of July. Yeah, absolutely. So, so then they're like, you know, don't you want your bathroom to be, you know, not judged by the people coming over to sit at your house at Fourth of July? Good. Here's some soap recipes, cheddar news. You know, all this right. this all could be cut out, but I'll probably forget. So I apologize. Yeah. Um, so I I do have actually like one piece of actual news. Go for it. Um, so yet again, it seems as though like the the last couple of episodes, um, there's been news about like uh, creators and stuff suing for their original con like their original stuff mm -hmm. that they did. Um, so now uh, Jim and John Thomas, the original writers to Predator are suing, of all people, Disney. And so it's like, because Disney, you know, once they acquired Fox or whatever, um, got uh, the rights to Predator, right? And so they were even talking about doing a new movie. Um, they have a new uh, Marvel comic coming out, or they were supposed to, um, because they just rebooted the Alien comics, too, with Marvel. Mm -hmm. Um because they got the publishing rights back from Dark Horse. And the same thing with Predator, right? And so people have been excited because they're like, oh, well, this could mean a new sort of like Predator versus Alien universe. Um, but all that's been put on hold. Like, we weren't sure. Like, all of a sudden it was like just removed from the comic solicits and stuff. And nobody knew why. And then this came out that apparently they had some clause in their contract about um, if uh, Fox was bought, then they could like not go with whoever buys Fox or something. I don't know. There's this weird contract 
thing about how they could uh, dispute the rights change if anybody buys the rights. And the thing is, is it was like two years ago. Huh. You know, that... that uh, So they've forgotten... Well, <laughs> they've forgotten well, that clause? The is, like, they, hey. they didn't do anything until they started using Predator again and announcing Predator stuff. So I don't know what's going to happen um, because it's only for the original story. But that original story is basically all Predator is. You know what I mean? Like when you really put it down to it, are they going to have Predator stories with the Predator running around um, not hunting people? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's... so. It's all up in the air right now, which is sad because I love Predator stuff. Even, like, I don't even care. Even the new movie. It was terrible, but I, I still watched it. Um, I think Predators with Adrian Brody was amazing. I never saw it. I don't know why. good stuff. I think, honestly, the, the Alien versus Predator movies uh, somehow tainted the franchise for me. Like, oh, I, yeah. I have I'm no... Sure it tainted for a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, but I still own them both and have watched, gone back to watch those, but nothing after the fact. So I, I, I think the bottom line, the bottom line of this whole everything is I'm a complex individual that doesn't always make sense. Maybe what happened was the Alien versus Predators, you decided were a high that no other movie could achieve. And so you stopped watching the rest of them because you're like, no way it could get better than this. Right. Yeah, that that's probably it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, well, uh, there was something uh, recent uh, that kind of tailgates on the same type of discussion. The creator of what was it? Uh, the win? What's the? I can't remember. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> One of the dudes from like uh, from. Man, I keep getting text messages that are that are going through my computer, and thus will end up on the podcast. <laughs> so, anyway, um, but uh, there was a guy uh, that created—I'm blanking on his name—but I want to say he created Bucky in in Captain America, and he hasn't been paid. Wasn't that Jack Kirby? No, Did Bucky. You know- well, then, then it wasn't Bucky. I don't know. It was someone on on the new uh, show. Who was it? God. Anyway, uh, yeah, he hadn't been paid for it, and he was like, you know, I enjoyed my time at Marvel, and they were good to me. But at the same time, like you guys are making lots of money, and you aren't showing. Well, I mean, that was a big thing about like uh, specifically Captain America and stuff like uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. like the guys who created that, um, like they got their like work for hire money, you yeah. know, which was pennies back then. Right. Um, and uh, then never saw another dime, basically. Yeah. You know, for any merchandising or anything like that. Um, but I mean, that's actually really standard for the the comic book characters that were made back then. I'm well, not saying it's right. I would say that that's just... standard for corporations in general. If you come up with something that gives them tons of money, they've already paid you, and that's why they pay you. And they're yeah, exactly. And but I mean, a lot of that has uh, kind of changed more recently in in the comic industry. 
there's a lot of people who are getting, you know, a cut of things that they create now, um, which is good. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's business discussions about proprietary <laughs> technologies or uh, I mean, hell, uh, intellectual like, property. Uh, Bob Kane wasn't even credited with creating Batman until like 30 years ago. And he created him back in the 40s or 30s, 37, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like he didn't even get a co-creator credit until like really recently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like that's crazy to me. But well, it all comes down to like, you know, business decisions like we need you to come up with superheroes and then you do or come up with anything and then you do. And then they're like, see we had a good idea when we told you to come up with someone. Yeah. yeah. So then it's like, God, you know, so I can't uh, win. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, you know, it ain't our fight. <laughs> so what do you want to cover first? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, but to think about this though, without, <laughs> without that, like without, you know, comic creators basically getting um, dicked over, we wouldn't have any image title because that's the whole reason the image even started. So no Spawn, no Savage Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, and they Wildcats. they keep 100% of their rights, right? Like, Image gets the... Op- oh, yeah. Like, Image gets publishing rights for that story, but retains none of the intellectual property. Is that how that goes? Yeah. That's what I pretty, pretty much. They're just like basically they're a publishing collective. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it, and and that like fundamentally changed the way like comics are created, basically. Hey, so. real quick, uh, uh, have you watched any of Invincible? Oh yeah, yeah. I've only seen the have first you? two episodes. Yeah, I liked it. What I've saw because that's the that's the comic I always told you <clears throat> you should try mm-hmm. because. You know, it gets uh, hyper violent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, but yeah, I, I what I saw, I really liked. But what happens is it looks like a TV show that's okay for my kids to watch. You know, artistically, yeah. and so I'll turn it on, and then I'm like, ah, when they come in because it's so violent, I don't want them seeing that. And uh, it's always like, why are you turning off our shows? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not your show. Yes, it's our show. So anyway, uh, the the comic did that too because it looks like a real like kind of user friendly or like kid friendly like comic book because it's super bright. You know, it's really like dynamic. It's almost like a Spider Man comic in a way, right? And then it just like will have you know splash pages of like people being disemboweled yeah. and stuff. And you're like, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, I, I like, like I said, I, I, hell, I still haven't even finished out the boys. I, I, I don't know what's wrong. I, I would blame it on like, like, uh, you know, limited time from work and like kids. But at the same time, even when I was single, I've rarely finished <laughs> TV shows. So, like, whatever. Uh, so, anyway, uh, well, you want to do, are you good? Are you want to yeah. do? Yeah. All right, I'm I'm totally fine, man. All let's right, let's do let's do movie first, I guess. Okay, you want to do it without taking a break? Oh my god, that'd be weird. All right, let's go for it. 
right. I didn't say yes. Oh, God. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> And we're back with The Dark and the Wicked, uh, written and directed by Brian Bertino. So so here's the synopsis. It says, on a secluded farm in a nondescript rural town, a man is slowly dying. His family gathers to mourn, and soon a darkness grows, marked by waking nightmares and a growing sense that something evil is taking over the family. Yeah, that's... A hundred percent on the plot of the movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much everything that happens in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, when watching this, I mean, it, I can't deny that it's pretty creepy. Like, it's got yeah. some unsettling and creepy moments. Um, but my uh, and I don't even really want to get into all the criticisms yet. But I do want to preface my entire review is that I didn't find much of a plot in this movie. <laughs> well, that's because I don't think there was much of one to find. Yeah. Um, I mean, essentially that's the plot. Like their, their, their dad is dying. They go see him. Yeah. But like, it wasn't even explained like at all, <laughs> like a lot of it, you know? So uh, anyway, uh, I did well, think I mean, like, Okay. What else did you need to what else did you need to explain? Any sort of lore or anything going on? Anything? But like it didn't even well, make I'm... sense with itself. Yeah. So okay. Bef- before we go too further, um, I do want to say that yet again, somehow we picked a book and a movie that are thematically linked. Okay. Um because it's essentially the same plot. Sort of. I mean, the book had a lot more, I mean, as books tend to do, it had a lot more uh, lore. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, um, it, they're both basically a haunted house story, uh-huh. right? Um, with some malevolent force there. That's probably there because somebody was dying and or died. Right. Yeah. Um, they even have the same like chapter structure where it's like Saturday and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, which, which I think is interesting too. Um, but I don't know. And it, but I think one of them did it a lot better than the other one. <laughs> As do I. Um, no, and this book or this movie, like it really had a lot going for it in terms of atmosphere, and mm-hmm. the the woman that you know the mom when she comes back, kind of like uh, Salem's Lottie, <laughs> where she's outside the window and just kind of floats. That was creepy. There's a lot of yeah. creepy moments in it, but overall, it really didn't tick a lot of boxes and I was expecting more because it was done by the guy who did, uh, the director who, uh, did, uh, the strangers, which I really like. Um, and incidentally, this was shot at his own farmhouse, uh, Uh in God, what's the name of that somewhere in Texas? Uh, it's this town that Granberry Granberry. Yeah. Yeah, I'd been to Granberry once. It was an interesting, um, interesting location. To be completely honest, uh, it's very, very secluded. Like to the point where 
I went there in my early 20s with a friend of mine and like was like, what do you do here? Like, oh, nothing. You drink beer in the middle of the road, like laying down in the middle of the road. Like, huh. All right. Well, that's a thing. (laughs) So and and I'm going to need some more details whenever we're off the (laughs) the air about the story here. (laughs) Yeah. And so like just kind of like not in the middle of the road, on the side of the road, just sitting down, drinking beer and like. Then, like, a cop came up, and he was like, hey, how are you kids doing? <laughs> you know, it was weird. Anyway. Because, I mean, like, if you're talking about, because if you're, if you're saying that, like, oh, there's nothing to do except for drink beer in the middle of the road, it feels like you're just waiting for someone to suicide you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I clarified. It wasn't in the middle. It was on the side. Side of the road, but like also cars on the back roads there, and I don't know that I've seen this anywhere else. They, you know how like no posted speed limits on a back road means thirty by default. Yeah. Um. There, everyone drives like a hundred down back roads. Everyone and the cops <laughs> do not care. Like they're like, there's no posted speed limits. Like whatever. <laughs> it was weird, but anyway. <clears throat> what I'm saying is this town. Uh, was a perfect location for this film because everything yeah. was very isolated, very, uh, you know, like it's much like the town we grew up in if it wasn't crammed together so close, like much more spread apart. And so, um, uh, yeah, th- this, uh, in terms of atmosphere and all that, I thought that it had a lot going for it, which honestly, if you're going to get, we're going to start splitting hairs. That's exactly how the strangers was. The strangers is a, definitely an atmosphere type movie, you know? Um, but other than that, and it had strong performances, but there was something about this movie that did not do it for me. And that kind of sucks. Cause I was very much looking forward to this film. I'd heard nothing but great feedback. I think it has a good Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, like, it has a great Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's 92. like 90%. <laughs> yeah. Good grief. Uh, but it just didn't do much for me. Did it you? And No, I feel exactly the same way. Like, okay. <clears throat> on, the, on the surface, there was a lot of good things that were going on in this movie. Like, like you said, the atmosphere was good. It was, it was, you know, everything about it was made super competently. Right? Um, it, it, the cinematography was good. Like, it looked good. The performances were good. Every like special effects were even good, right? Um, like it had me that first real, I guess, quote unquote, scare that happens whenever the mom is in the kitchen. Oh, in the beginning, you know? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much because I mean, this movie came out like fingers. Yeah, yeah. Th- this movie came out like really recently. Um, but, uh, November, eh, so this is six months, but, um, the, the special effects and stuff were great, right? It had some, some interesting, like ideas and then kind of just nothing happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it, Okay, so, like, I don't mind a slow burn movie. Like, a matter of fact, like, when it's done well, like, I really like them. Like, uh, we mentioned before, recently, that one we did on the show. Um, God, what was the name of that one? Uh, We're Still Here. 
Yeah. Or whatever. Super slow burn, right? Like nothing even happened in that movie until like the last 20 minutes, if I remember correctly. <laughs> right? And then like, or hereditary, right? But the the thing about like let's let's say hereditary and in uh there was there was something interesting happening like there was a story there was engaging characters there was a mystery sort of behind it in hereditary like why is this happening i didn't have anything like that in this movie no this movie was pure dread like it wasn't like they from the beginning you felt that every character was doomed and and when you I didn't even I didn't even care about them though. No, I didn't either. But you still felt like okay, I'm watching a train wreck rather than a story. You know, mm-hmm. like from from the beginning I was like, well, fucking like everyone's going to die, aren't they? Like there's not yeah. going to be anyone fighting. There's nothing, you know. And absolutely, it was just like here's this unstoppable entity that they're up against and there's no way of defeating or or even putting up a fight toward it. Yeah, but it was I find so that like frustrating. But but the entity itself was so poorly defined. Yeah, that it could almost exist in any sort of uh, any sort of lore. Yeah, and, and and also the characters were like um, only there as cannon fodder, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I couldn't. Okay, like for instance. Um, the uh, main two characters, the brother and sister, mm-hmm. like they could have been completely interchangeable and, you know, it wouldn't have changed. Like they were, they were basically like the same thing. You know what you I mean? Know, <laughs> excuse me, man, I'm all uh, congested. The stinking. Like, uh, like I only know the the defining feature of the brother was that he had kids. Yeah. And he somehow wasn't uh, Blake Shelton. (laughs) 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 Um, No, like, like, uh, yeah, it it was odd. They had, there were some moments, the thing with the priest and all of that, that I thought were effective. And and this was a Mm -hmm. movie that I would, like, it got under my skin at times, but it just didn't work, and I don't know what it was. I've been trying to think of this uh, since I saw it, and, you know, I I don't know. I I think that uh, super dark stories work very well in books for me, whereas they Mm -hmm. don't in movies a lot of the time for me. And I don't know what that is. That's probably a me problem. Yeah. But you probably. But I mean, <laughs> I can still uh, I like I like a bit of levity in movies, whereas I don't care if it's there or not in books. You know, I'm not I don't really seek out funny in books. Um, but uh, I feel like comedy in books is really easy to mess up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there's no timing. You know yeah. what I mean? Um. But, it's like you know the, that saying that like comedy is all about, right? But then um, tragedy plus time. You know, it's, no, no. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know it's like you can't really do that in a book. Right? Not well, um, uh, most of the time. Some yeah. people are great. Yeah, uh, <coughs> Jeff Strand. Oh, we've had some, <laughs> we've had some funny books on here. What'd you say, Jeff Strand? 
<laughs> but uh yeah he his he's the best at horror comedy i've seen but that's also kind of what he's known for um yeah uh no i i don't know i i just think that like you know like you said these are canon fodder characters and, and all of that but I feel like the format of this movie was wrong. They, if they had removed a, is this really kind of going on psychological barrier? Cause I feel like a lot of that is this happening type stuff is what they were going for. You know, is this in the people's yeah. heads? Or, you know, is it getting in their heads? If they had removed that and done the same movie, but as like found footage, this would be the rare situation where it works much better as a found footage movie. Because it already had a found footage ending. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my it's God. Like, ah! <laughs> and that's the end. Yeah, okay. I didn't want to mention it, but it's like, you just did. Um, like, okay, I'm going to spoil the ending. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if, that's fine. If you don't want me, if you don't want to hear the ending, like, fast forward, like, 15 seconds, because that's all it's going to take. Give 30, right? because it generally goes longer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. All right, all that buildup for a jump scare. Yeah, like that's—I don't know. It could have been so much better than that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's I, it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that was it. I mean, I was so—I was—I was disappointed. Man, uh, this conversation—not uh, this one as much as uh, the one leading up to this. I- I'll take it offline. I got a really good plot idea for something uh, okay. based on this conversation. But anyway, uh, no, I agree. It was—it was, it was uh, shit. And <laughs> <The end> was <laughs> shit. And I don't even well, mind I was, it. In, I, I would say disappointing, but I don't mind it as far. much in found footage movies because it makes sense that at that point the person would drop the camera. But I do mind it in... Which is weird, because, like, the seminal, like, found footage movie, like, uh, Blair Witch, that it doesn't end like that. I mean, they drop the camera, sure, but it's not really like a... Ah! No, it's slow after that. It's yeah. watching the dude stare in the corner waiting to die. Matter of fact, wait, isn't... Doesn't Paranormal Activity also kind of do a similar thing? No, well, sort of. The camera's sitting there, and then the girl goes down she the hall. Comes up and then, to it. No, no. See, that was the original ten thousand dollar version, but the stu- the actual version that went out was uh-huh. the one where she throws him against the like he flies against the camera, and then yeah, you're right, you're right, and she goes up to it. Yeah, she. Yeah, she just kind of like <laughs> looks down at it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the original it. ending. She like slits her throat, and then cops find her. And she like tries to kill the cops or they shoot her or something. I don't know. It was weird. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. There were like three, three endings. Like, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's crazy how much money that movie made. Like, like ratio wise. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. I, I Hey, it, it gets shit on a lot because it was played to death, but I, I absolutely stand by the first two films and uh, the marked ones. I I think they're great movies. They're they're fantastic. Yeah, like um, the my my sister made me watch Paranormal Activity because I'd never seen it before, uh-huh. right? And so we went over to her house and we watched it, and then because uh, she loved it, and then 
like we started the second one and everyone else fell asleep and then I finished it before I left. Yeah, we when I saw it was when they were like rolling it out and it was doing midnight screenings. And mm-hmm. so we watched it at midnight. Me and Bill and Lindsay Lippert, <laughs> who I assume is okay with her entire name being on the podcast. <laughs> anyway. And so so we went up there and we watched it at midnight and then, you know, I was living alone. And so, like, I was, it, it was the same thing as Blair Witch. Like, when watching it, it was like, oh, okay. And then, like, during, like, oh, God. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> the dread set in me later. And then, for some reason that night, the globe, like, uh, on my, uh, in the hallway, uh, on the light, just flew off. Uh-huh. Like, I was in, <laughs> sleeping. And I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. That they were poorly built yeah. apartments that I was living in, so yeah. <laughs> that easily could have been that. Anyway, back to the movie. Um, yeah, I it didn't do much for me, uh, but I think it was effective at what it did. I would go a two out of five. I, I was going to be a little bit nicer because I think uh, it gets you know some style points. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and, and but it's just like I didn't really care about any of the characters because I felt like they didn't really give me a reason to care about any of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just going to go three, you know, like just because of the, just because of like the, the acting was well done. The, it was the shot. Acting, well, the special was... effects, how it looked, everything like that. It's just, the story was, you know, lacking, but I think it was competently made and stylistic. You know, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'm going to amend my rating to say two and a half out of five. Where it's exactly middle of the road. Like, because yeah. the to me, you know, had the story been better, that would have been a really effective movie. Like, it was shot well, yeah. acted well, everything. Just without characters or a plot, it's hard to make a movie good. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what it kind of felt like sometimes um, was it was a short film that was uh stretched out yeah because like there will be part there would be parts where like it would like linger on the shot of you know a person's hand on a steering wheel for like a little longer than it probably should have you know what i mean like just weird shots like that yeah and it's just like it almost felt like padding in a way yeah i could see that but i i have no idea Well, we'll be back with our review of Richard Matheson's Hell House. All right, we're back. We're talking Richard Matheson's seminal horror book. I don't know that it's seminal, but... uh, I I think it's probably up there. It's well-regarded. You pull up any classic horror book list, it's going to be there a lot of the time. Um... But yeah, this is Hell House. I'd always wanted to read this. I bought it a while back and uh, always wanted to check it out. <clears throat> so let's see what is. So how disappointed are you? No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was shit. It was shot in this town that allowed me to lay, <laughs> lay down and drink beer in the street. Um, so <laughs> anyway, uh, no, uh, so basically this is kind of like a classic haunted house setup. You have these basically 13 ghosts. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> but 
it's also very, very um, uh, reminiscent of like Aleister Crowley in general, like his house where he would, you know, have a, a bunch of participants performing magic. But if you took his and made it much darker <laughs> where every participant yeah. died instead of, you know, some of them. <laughs> so anyway, um, and I believe <sighs> I would be willing to say that, uh, that was, it was probably based on that, but I don't believe that it's, uh, that it's ever been, uh, I don't know if that's been confirmed if it was based on Matheson's, uh, or if it was based on Aleister Crowley's story, but so is it Crowley or Crowley? I don't know. Cause I I've see. heard, I've heard he preferred Crowley. Well, I don't, which doesn't sound right. Uh, Brian, uh, do what, do what thou will. That is the whole of the law. And I, I choose to say Crowley, right? <laughs> But something there you go. that I guess I guess that <laughs> that's in the spirit of things. <laughs> yeah, I, I choose to live in this one particular instance. Uh, address it by his own uh, stuff. I don't know though. You're not supposed to infringe on other people's rights. So maybe I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird how how uh, close that is uh, with strict libertarian logic, not new libertarian logic. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, that's a different thing. So basically, these uh, that's a different podcast entirely. Yeah. <clears throat> So, you have a, a para-physicist uh, with uh, an interest in parapsychology, a uh, two spiritualists, and then the uh, physicist's wife. Uh, yeah. Going and one of this one of the spiritualists, uh, Benjamin Franklin <laughs> Fisher, um, was there previously. Yeah, so he, so he he's been to Hell House before. He survived it somehow. He was the only survivor of the last like expedition, if you will, mm-hmm. like thirty years earlier. Yeah, yeah, and so and since then he he's literally in this just for cash. They're all summoned by this dying man who wants to know if there's an afterlife, and. The best. He just waited out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, bro, <laughs> come on. Uh, so anyway, uh, so he's trying to figure that out, uh, and so he calls in, you know, the squad to try to figure that out, and a series of wacky adventures ensue. <laughs> uh, so, so, so going back to what I was saying before, like a lot of this. This book is basically like what the movie was too, where it's like you don't know like what's going on. Like some of it feels like it's in their heads, or it's very kind of disorienting on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like there's several times where um, he he play, basically plays like the pronoun game. Like someone will come into a scene and he'll be like, "He did this." And it's like, who's he even talking about? You know, because it's like there's two guys and two girls, and it's like some sometimes it's um, done to kind of disorient you. Sometimes it's kind of a like a reveal sort of thing that happens a, a little bit later. But it's like 
almost in a way you as a reader kind of feel disoriented too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was maybe just me or was it, you know, if you got any of that too. Um, um, sort of, I mean, not to a major extent, but there was a few times that I had no, to go no, back no. and would, reread. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I'm saying is like, whenever he would be like, he did this. And then it's like, you don't know who he's talking about. Like it would come in and it would clarify, you know, uh, like a paragraph later or whatever, but it would still be there. Like, you don't know sometimes which two characters are interacting. Mm hmm. And um, so it's it's kind of this, I don't know, almost puts you in 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 their kind of sh- shoes where you don't actually know what's happening. Um, but in in sort of a good way, it never really took me out completely. Um, but I did have to, you know, every once in a while, like you said, go back and maybe reread to clarify for a second. Yeah, but. Yeah, I don't know. I would think um, that it's probably by design. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I, um, so, so this is the same sort of thing. There's only like, if you really get into it, there's there's only so so this takes place over the course of a couple days, right? And um, like five days or whatever. And there's really only like one scary thing that happens per day or so until like the end when it starts ramping up. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, Oh, you know, the, the medium is attacked by a cat. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, and that sort of thing. But so, so in a way, some of this book is basically a slow burn as well, but I felt more engaged with all the characters cause they were unique and they brought their own perspective to things. Yeah. You know, whereas in the movie, it was like they were just people. Well, I like how they were all kind of on a spectrum of belief. You know, you had yeah Florence, who was the, you know, she was the uh, a psychic that was a Christian and a very true believer, very devout. Then you had Fisher, yeah. who was like, had lost some faith, but still felt like things. Lapsed. Yeah, it like it was he, like he like was reluctantly, <laughs> you know, it was like he believed it because he had no choice, uh, but he was also willing to listen to the other. Then you had the uh, Edith, the wife of the psychic or the uh, physicist who wasn't closed off to believing it, but she more more believed her husband who was like you know there is no such thing as ghosts this is strict science and blah 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 so you had two people in the middle kind of going back and forth between the arguments of the two people on the further sides of belief mm-hmm. and um yeah i i i found it it's a little long for the story, but at no point did yeah. I feel bored. It was just like, all right, well, where's this going? But I'm yeah, still it, engaged. It, it does kind of feel like it drags on a little bit. Um, <clears throat> and because it's like, you know, like I mentioned, there there's points where it's like it feels like one thing happens per day <laughs> sort of thing. Right. Yeah. But some of the, especially the initial attacks, are kind of 
almost the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Where it's like one of those could have probably been removed and it would have been fine. Yeah. And uh, yeah. also, but one thing, I, oh, I'm sorry. One thing also by design yeah. is they made this house so big that you, it made you feel almost disoriented as far as where things were in the house. You know, there was like yeah. a chapel. A, house of Leavesy. Yeah, a chapel, a ballroom, a, a sauna, a pool, a, you know, a, a tarn outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Um yeah. but now people say that this is the scariest book ever written. And those people are stupid. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no. I I'm just kidding. But like you know, some I didn't think that this was overly scary at all. It did have a few scenes that were were kind of like eh. And for the time, I think this was what published in 70 or was it 60? 71. 71. There we go. For the time, a lot of the language, you know, you get two thirds of the way through and then this book gets extremely sexual, like for just a little point in time. And that was kind of jarring because it was like, whoa, you know, when was this written? And we're. Where audience is floored, but I also was thinking that it was written in the 60s. It would have been a little more jarring in the six, like in 1960 versus 1970, you know? Yeah. But anyway, I, no, I, I just, there was a lot to really like about this book. And I would recommend that people check it out if haunted house books, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, the setup is exactly the same as the house on Haunted Hill. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right down to the million dollars. <laughs> but, um, but I, I don't think, or, or, or I'm sorry. Also, the Haunting of Hill House had a similar setup as yeah. well. Um, but other than that, it it felt fresh. It didn't feel overly tropey to me. No, I I really appreciated um, Barrett's take on like parapsychology as a whole, right? And so at one point he goes off into this whole like scientific explanation of you know what basically what ghosts and mediums and spirits and all that stuff actually are, and you know he's he's going there to prove it, you know that he's right. And he's got like these kind of like, I don't want to say delusions of grandeur because that's not really right. But he's got like this expectation of him being like lauded in the halls of science and stuff forever, you know, and, and everything. So, But um, I, I really like this sort of uh, it wasn't a scientific dismissal of parapsychology sort of things, paranormal things. It was a it was a scientific like uh, affirmation of it. Yeah, I thought that was a sort of, sort of a unique take. It almost reminded me of um, like how the Ghostbusters treat it in like the original Ghostbusters movies. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's like it because you know at the beginning they're doing the the telepathy studies and stuff, but they don't treat it like it's unscientific they treat it like it's actual like real scientific processes and stuff Mm -hmm. and um but 
but so I, I liked that. I, I really liked the, that that take on it. Um, I thought it was unique and very interesting. And I kind of wish there was a little bit more of it. But I understand creating your own scientific theories is kind of probably a little hard. Yeah. You would like, uh, I don't know. I know we didn't read it for the podcast, uh, but you would like Ghostland, the Duncan Ralston did, where it's kind of after they've proven that a energy lingers, but it's not sentient. Mm-hmm. Which and, is what he was trying to do in Hell House. Yeah. And so this is like after that, they harness it to create, you know, a, uh, a theme park where these recurring hauntings. Love it. Yeah. And so they're just exploiting these ghosts and stuff. But then it's also Love like, it. <clears throat> it's also like, it's, it's really high concept. Uh, uh, but then he's got, uh, they also, uh, they wear like augmented reality glasses so that, uh, they've harnessed this energy, but also coded it to like recur, you know, like do recurring haunts. But then all of a sudden, like things start going disarray and it's, it's both, it's both, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. He, he's got a really interesting take on it. Um, cause, cause that sounds like, sounds like if haunted mansion was real. Yeah. In Disneyland. Right. But then also Jurassic Park. Yeah, it, it's absolutely uh, <laughs> like that's what I was telling him. Like <laughs> another perk of the podcast is sometimes we get things early and stuff like that. And he had given me this uh, prior to publishing it. He was shopping this, and I was like, "Dude, this as far as every book I've read of yours, uh, obviously, boom, I, I can't say enough good things about it." But that's not a mainstream book, you know. Absolutely not. And uh, this is absolutely at the time that I read it, I was like, dude, you could do some very slight tweaks and make this a a YA title. Uh, It's just Mm -hmm. there's some parts that are a little too sexual. You know, there's some Mm -hmm. sexual ghosts, Ghosts. if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, hey, there was the blowjob scene in Ghostbusters. (laughs) Yep. And that was a PG movie. (laughs) <laughs> and like it was edited down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, Dan Aykroyd, are you sure we need 20 minutes of this? <laughs> but it's like, I like how they edited it down, but then still basically kept it in. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, but now, but now it has no context, which is the thing. <laughs> now it's just out of nowhere. They edited all the context out. Yeah, so he gets blown by a ghost in the middle of a montage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That movie's so good. Yeah, Part one. (laughs) I'm not a part two fan, really. I don't hate it. It's just... I'll defend it. I, I have probably seen it four times ever. Whereas part one, I've seen... I'd say upwards of 150 times. I've seen that movie way too much. Uh, make the well, it's it's like it's a really good movie. Well, also, whenever I was a kid, I would watch that every day after school. Like it was one of the few VHS. I did the same thing with Command with Commando uh-huh. and uh, Clash of the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, but back to this, this story, um, <laughs> since it's the review we're doing, um, yeah, uh, no, I really appreciated, uh, all these characters being on a spectrum of belief and representing, uh, yeah. each of those steps. Um, I liked the fact that, you know, this was a house where, uh, there were gimmicky things too, like the, the, uh, record that played, you know, welcome to my house and all this kind of shit. <laughs> like, cause, cause it almost makes you think it's all fake. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Or I, is I, it fake? There was, <laughs> there was a lot that I really liked about it. Um, and not a lot that I didn't like uh, the, my only yeah, criticism, my only criticism is it felt a little long, but then when you realize it's a book from 50 years ago, uh, horror has kind of condensed, uh, wait, yeah. 50 years ago. Uh, yeah. Horror has, yeah, con- I was checking your math and you're like, I was like, that didn't sound right. <laughs> it's totally right. Yeah. You know, 50 years ago, you know, a decade before we were born. Like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it, it really, it seems like uh, novels in general have gotten smaller, have gotten more condensed and, and uh, all of that. And so we're expected, trying to hold it to current pacing isn't right. And so when yeah. you look at it in that context, I have nothing really to to uh, say about this book in negative, except for some of the sexual stuff felt a little misplaced or or, or not, <laughs> no no uh, it just felt like it was forced in there, you know. But at the same time, eh, like the ghost was playing tricks on everyone, you know. Yeah. Like it, maybe not tricks and is plus, not the right like, word. Whenever <laughs> it's a mischievous, um, but but no, I mean, but when one of the characters' like main hangups is sexual repression, mm-hmm. then you know it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, that there would be this you know sexual horror to it too. Yeah. Yeah, so having said that, and he, I guess the only criticism that I have, uh, and isn't really valid because it's only based on expectation, mm-hmm. is that this is not a extremely scary book, and people have regarded it as one of the scariest books ever written. And that's not yeah. a fault of the book itself, because... It's just, you're so macho. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, like, literally, this is about as scary as Heart Shaped Box uh, by Joe Hill, which I Mm -hmm. think is about the scariest thing Joe Hill's ever written. So, I mean, it's not like it's it's tame, but it's also not super scary either. Um, But, yeah, I I really, really enjoyed this. I don't think that I five out of five enjoy it, but I would go a strong four out of five. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I was actually thinking around the same thing. Like, you know, it was, it was really enjoyable. Um, I liked the characters, you know, um, the, the setting was, I wasn't unique. I mean, it was a haunted house. Right. Um, but I do like the, 
the science aspects of it. Um, I do like the sort of reveal at the end, um, even though I think the actual ending was a little fast, you know, that Mm -hmm. it wrapped up in a nice little bow, like really easily. Yeah. I can see that. Um, and so that, that kind of, uh, annoys me a little bit whenever they, they've got like, Oh, there's this, quote unquote like ultimate evil type thing, malevolent entity, and then it's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of it in a page. Yeah. You, you know? It's the Harry Potter one <laughs> movie. Yeah. Scene. It's the yeah, the 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 first Harry Potter movie. Mm. Um and I don't know. So but I mean I I really like a lot of it. Um so I think yeah strong four I think is is probably pretty fair. Yeah, you know, for the right person though, this is gonna, this is probably gonna be a five. Yeah, for, and for some people, absolutely. Likewise, for the wrong person, you know, if you're into like the more visceral aspects of horror and are not fine with some of the more boring uh, setup, I could see this boring the shit out of people because it's more than anything yeah. like a character study. Uh, yeah. is where it's most effective. Uh. So anyway, no, I, I liked it. Yeah. I would recommend it. I think that it deserves to be on a lot of iconic, especially as a representation of the times that it was published lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of things, uh, this may have set the standard for some tropes that we've seen. Uh, so yeah, like, so uh, yeah, I, I, did not regret read- reading this at all. It was very good. So, anyway, having said that, uh, I got nothing else for this episode. You? No, not really. It's good to be back in the saddle. Woo! No. Back in the saddle again. Do we have anything for next episode? You want to do Mortal Kombat? <laughs> Mortal Kombat? <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, there's, there's, some horror aspects to Mortal Kombat. Oh, it's definitely, even though it's a big budget film, it's uh, definitely reminiscent of a lot of B movies and exploitation, you know? Oh, it's absolutely a B movie. I don't care how much money you pump into that. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> let's do Mortal Kombat next episode and we'll work out the novel. And we the, will. The novelization of Godzilla versus Kong. The novelization <laughs> of the movie of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> But the old one. Yeah. From like the, the 90s. Did I tell you I read an interview with a guy that screamed Mortal Kombat? The, the guy who screamed it? Yeah. Mortal like the, Kombat. The Mortal Kombat guy? The, yeah. He screamed it once in a commercial and he had signed away all the, you know, like the use. And they've used that oh, same. He got cl- Jack Kirby. Yeah. He made, like, <laughs> he made like 30 bucks or something. And. He wasn't aware that it was his voice in the in the song and all <laughs> until after. Like he's like, wait, what? They've been using my voice for twenty years. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, all right. I, well, I hope he was like. I, I I like to think of him as uh, when he did it when he when he did the voiceover work for the commercial, mm-hmm. he was like um, already like a well established British theater actor. 
you know, or something like that. <laughs> like a <laughs> like a James Lipton or something, and he's like goes in to read his lines. No, no. And then has no idea like what it was even for. No, I mean like yeah, kind of. Him. He was a struggling like actor like and they this. paid him just a couple bucks for to throw his hands up and scream Mortal Kombat as much as he could. Or as loud as he could. Man, that's in the dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thirty bucks. <laughs> uh, right. Man, think of what I could do with thirty bucks. <laughs> Dude, you know how many uh, do- doge coin I could buy? <laughs> Uh, at one point, 600, because that's how many I bought. <laughs> All right. Well, well, y'all can check out our after show, uh, the crypto and book podcast. No. All right. We're done. No, there's none of that.